0: Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by
1: Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. All right, Bo's in Mississippi
0: this week, and uh, I decided to push forward in having the first Brain Buster Boys guest host. I've made a couple calls to some friends of the show, guys we've collaborated with before. Um, You know, I think Bishop from the Terrible Wrestling Takes podcast or otherwise known as the Toxic Wrestling Takes podcast would be a good one. He's not much of an AEW guy, but gives great perspective. Loved his review of Dynamite this week and someone I've always gotten along with great. Um, Derek from Specifically Devoid, my fellow PWO uh, member, which I, Bo and I kind of became on their show, um, definitely would prefer him over toxic Micah. That's for sure. So I've given Derek a call. Um, I left diesel from view from the top rope a message pretty much for either he or Chad, cause those guys are both tight and we'll be seeing them in Milwaukee here soon. Um, and then also had to get Graham from good cop, bad cop, the guy who kind of put us on the map, so to speak, and just a wonderful, wonderful dude. So, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of waiting to hear back from all these people. And I'm about ready to hop into a, a meeting for work here. So I'm going to turn my phone off and hope I get some good news afterward.
1: Hey, Brett, it's Bishop. You know, the guy you called 58 fucking times? 58 fucking times. And now you're not going to pick up for me? dude. Now, granted, it was seven missed calls and then your voicemail begging me to come on your show. And then 50 fucking butt dials. Who butt dials in 2021? Look, I'm, I'm glad to know that I'm fourth on your list of guest hosts. You know, it's great to know I moved up that ladder a little bit. But honestly, dude, I don't even feel toxic this week. I covered AEW on the Terrible Wrestling Takes Podcast, twtakespodcast.com slash TWTs for dope merch to help support the show. Now, I know you guys do more than AEW reviews, but I'm not interested in going to therapy with Vince McMahon. Or fucking some goat in the forest or whatever ceremonial rituals you guys watch. At the end of the day, I just can't do it this week. I'm not feeling toxic enough. Maybe there's someone out there who ain't got shit to do. It feels like being toxic on your show. Are you really calling me back now? Fucking phone call 59. What do you got? Fucking unlimited outgoing calls? just want to keep fucking calling me, dude? I'm leaving you the voice. but You know what? I'm just going to click over and tell you this shit to your ear hole. Hey Brett, yeah, just received your call. Yeah, sorry man, Matt, If you'd have literally been like twenty-four hours earlier, I probably could have done it. Uh, yeah, I got to get up early in the morning. I'm shooting up to New Jersey. I got a got a few wrestling events, so yeah, not this time. But I hey, I certainly th- appreciate you thinking about me, and perhaps sometime in the future we can do that. Uh, yeah, I hope you hope good luck. Hope you find somebody else. Um yeah, even we had to put out good cop bad cop earlier this week as well because just yeah, just so busy. Sorry, not this week, perhaps sometime soon. All right, later man. Bye.
2: Hey Brett, this is Diesel from View from the Top Rope returning your call. I would be honored to fill in for Beaumont this week as your guest host, but unfortunately, I it's too short a notice. I'm already taking Mr. Rojas, aka Chad. To the hospital because he got his panties too much in a bunch and uh, they're too far up his crack in his b-hole so he has to get them surgically removed and I'm the only one who's willing to take him so that sucks because it was a dream of mine to co-host with you on the Brain Buster boys but just one second what yeah just a sec I'm talking to Brett right now just don't get your panties even more up in a bunch Yes, he knows, I told him. Your panties are in a bunch, just chill out. Mr. Rojas. I wonder why he's got that nickname. But anyways, Brett, I hope you have a great show. Um, Let me know if you ever need a host in the future. Just give me a little more time. Hopefully uh, Chad's uh, little situation here will uh, clear itself up and we won't run into this issue and I'll be able to guest host with you the next time. Okay, until next time, Brett, have a brain buster day. Hey, Brett, this is Derek returning
3: your call. Um, I'm not going to be available this
2: week to be able to record stuff. Um, I got a pack for school. You know, I'm going back in a week. I got a pack for school. I got specifically to void stuff. You know, running the company is a hard gig.
0: But I don't want to leave you high and dry. You know, you're a good pal. I have someone that is available to do your show. Uh, he's a great guy. Super funny. Uh, He's been on our podcast a bunch. He
2: recently auditioned, actually, to be the second role on our podcast. And I just really think that uh, he'd be a good fit for your show. So I'll get you guys in touch. Um, And, yeah, um, if you need anything, call me.
0: Um, Say hi to Bo. Say hi to Goldman for me. Um, And, yeah, that's about
3: it. So,
4: well,
0: shit, that uh, isn't exactly what I wanted to hear. It feels like uh, our free agency episode all over again with all these fucking rejections. Chad getting his panties up in a bunch. Fucking Bishop not toxic this week. And Graham's got a legitimate excuse. Um, you know, he's going to see wrestling. And uh, is Derek really going to make me go to the bottom of my list? Is that really what I have to do? I've got one more name left all right we'll see how this goes you ready let's do it of the Brain Buster Boys episode 31. My name is Brett Jagger and I am not joined by the normal legendary Beaumont Rand. He is in Mississippi on assignment. Not really, but he is out of town and I made the choice to press on and pick a guest host and Unfortunately, that was not an easy process. Uh, my choices one, two, three, four, really five, uh, couldn't make it. So we are left with none other than toxic, Micah Pellegrini from Specifically Devoid. Micah, thank you for joining me here. How are you?
3: Well, you know, after, after being forced into doing this by Derek, I'm kind of a you know a liaison, a proxy for mm. Derek.
0: So I he he forced you to do this. Huh? I
3: am I am being forced. Yes. Oh wow. And uh, I have to be on my best behavior uh, because I still am in like a like an escrow period of my position as specifically devoid. He still is my boss.
0: Mm. Mm. Yes. 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 Well, and you know I know there's been call it tension maybe manufactured maybe not uh between us and you both kind of on your show on the devoid side with myself and Bo joining the pink world order and you in the dreadful coalition group um and then the whole toxic thing which started off as a joke by Bo and really has kind of taken off on a life of its own and uh so let's let's not have any toxicity here uh let's uh I extend an olive branch to you, from me to you, and uh, let's have some fun, and uh, let's talk some wrestling, how about Yeah,
3: he's not even here, more like Nomont, am I right?
0: Oh, yeah, now we're (laughs) off and rolling, baby. Yeah, and he's always the one talking about you being a drunk idiot and in jail, (laughs) which I laugh at, because it's very, very funny, but, uh, you know, not always
3: indicative of how I feel about you. I'm not allowed to say anything about, about Mr. Rand, according to Derek.
0: Oh, wow. So you got, yeah, you've got some some rules you need to adhere to here.
3: Yeah. 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 I'm allowed uh, three puns. So.
0: Oh, well, you know what? I, I, this is my show. This is not Derek's show. This yeah. is the Brain Buster Boys. So, rules are meant to be broken. Olive branches are here. Let's have some fun. Why don't yeah. we? Yeah, we're like no one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, well, we've got uh, our old friend Vince McMahon has gone uh, gone a little crazy yet again. And more WWE releases uh, occurred. We're recording this on Saturday, August 7th, just last night. Um, I am pulling up the list here. But you said this was happening, like, as SmackDown was on the
3: air, right? Yes, I got a feverishly uh, annoyed Derek calling me at around the nine o'clock spot uh, where he said that Bronson Reed was released. And I said, there's no way. Smackdown is still, they're not going to do it during the show. Like that's, that's how you definitely get a crowd against you.
0: Yeah, and I know he'd been, you know, one of the names rumored as like trying out for the main roster. You know, he just dropped the NXT North American title. Had certainly been getting a big push down there. So, you know, and we didn't even we haven't even mentioned Bray Wyatt, which happened earlier in the week. Um, And then Bobby Fish and Mercedes Martinez, Leon Ruff, Tyler Rust among the names. I think there were 12 total. Um, But yeah, definitely Bronson Reed. Very, very surprising.
3: Um I mean I guess I was more uh surprised by Bobby Fish. Yeah. Just because you know Undisputed Arrow is probably the biggest thing that has ever happened in NXT cuz like Very the true. long it's the longest thing that's happened.
4: Uh I'm I mean they
0: they've dominated that show for years. And yeah, I mean unfortunately Fish was hurt off and on and that just happened to be kind of a staple of his tenure in NXT. And I think I saw he's 45. Like I knew he was an older guy, but yeah, that's definitely a shame. Cause I feel like, you know, because he was hurt and he was with that group, like he never really got his true shot. I mean, again, he was multi-time tag champ and had some great runs, but I feel like I always kind of wanted more out of him and not to his fault. Just kind he wasn't around enough.
3: Yeah. He got injured too. Mm-hmm. And like the, early beginnings of Indisputed Era. I feel like Body Strong. Yeah, yeah, he was he was times. always injured. Yeah. Uh, But then, you know, I still like him. I mean, like, Red Dragon slap. Red Dragon slap. Red Dragon slaps, you know?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, we had our buddy Joe Cough on last week from Ring of Honor, and actually, as I was kind of running through all the list of ROH champions, he made a point to mention Bobby Fish because – Even though Bobby Fish never won the Ring of Honor World Championship, he was still, you know, a key fixture there with Red Dragon, with Kyle O'Reilly. I think he may have even won the TV title, you know, done a lot in New Japan with Kyle O'Reilly as well. So, uh, yeah, it's a shame. And, you know, what I don't want necessarily is for all these people to end up in AEW you know, the roster is already getting big and we allegedly have the likes of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan coming, you know, yeah. Would it be great to have Bray Wyatt, Bronson Reed, Bobby Fish, Leon, you know, all of them in AEW. Sure. But there's other companies out there like, you know, I want ring of honor to start getting some of these free agents impact, you know, new Japan. I mean, I know the COVID getting crazier here now too. still not great overseas, but you know, I think a lot of these guys are going to end up at New Japan, you know, at some point. But, uh, yeah, I feel like Bronson Reed could be a real nice fit on Impact. What do you think?
3: Um, well, that's a show I don't watch, so I don't know.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't really either, but I, I I adjacently follow it enough and have been watching what Jay White's been doing. And I don't know. I just feel like uh,
3: he could probably do quite well there. That was, uh, that was Brett's pun, by the way. He said adjacently. Oh, man. Oh, just want, just, want, just want to throw it up. I
0: fuck the pun counter. No <laughs> rules, Brain buster boys. I love Derek, but he's not going to restrict my show. <laughs> uh, but
3: yeah, uh, I mean, I think that Impact use, uh is in desperate need of like somebody to shake up because all they really have right now is like the Kenny stuff in the X Division, and outside of that, and like, Jay
0: White. But yeah, I mean, he's right. an outsider. You know, they're they're relying a lot on these outsiders. I mean, I think
3: that's I I count that as Kenny stuff.
0: Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, I would say that's Kenny stuff. Yeah, and we'll get a little more into all that. Um, but yeah, our our old buddy Vince, uh, you know, last we heard from him, we heard from Bruce Pritchard that he was like Greg Goldman, also uh, deemed having to go to anger management, but.
2: Who the hell knows
0: what Vinny Max going, got going on? He certainly seems to be losing his mind a little bit, but we hope he's doing okay. Do you have a thought there?
3: It would, it would be nice if people stopped losing their jobs all at once. Yeah, uh, I would agree. As as we tweeted last night, uh, there's been 89 releases as of uh, April of 2020.
0: From, yeah, I saw I saw WWE. that number. I saw that number even up as high as 100 somewhere. That
3: that Derek and I were just counting. Uh, On screen talent.
4: Okay. Wrestlers, okay. we weren't
3: counting announcers. We weren't counting backstage producers. We weren't counting gotcha. like social media people because it's in the hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. We, I think that. we were just counting like solid wrestlers.
0: I think there were 50 wrestlers just in 2021. Yeah. That's pretty which, bad. Yeah. So that's wild. Again, opportunity. There's plenty of opportunities in other companies now, which is a great thing. You know, it wasn't this way even two, three years ago. So, you know, at least there's that, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting, and I saw something that there may be more releases coming, so, and I guess we can mention real quickly that, you know, with these releases, there's reports coming out that NXT is kind of making a major overhaul of its programming, like, new logo, new brand, kind of, and they want to get younger, so, you know, I guess that was kind of the onus for these releases, apparently, but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be
3: interesting uh, to see what shakes out over there. It's also that report that Adam Cole is uh, could be leaving yes. out of contract. We're not yes. really sure. We know that he has a lot of uh, very good friends, and but some th- even better friends in uh, AEW.
0: But some good friends that murdered him, though. I'd sure as hell take Adam Cole in AEW. That's for damn sure. But yeah, it's it's all fascinating. And again, I'm just happy that. There are many, many alternatives outside of WWE now, which there used to really not be, so... One other thing I would like to mention is a rest in peace to beautiful Bobby Eaton of the Midnight Express. I think he was only 62, Um, so that's a shame. And typically what Bo and I have done or what I've liked to do with him is show, you know, when a wrestler unfortunately passes away, it's, you know, kind of an opportunity to at least, you know, show him that wrestler. And we've typically done our, if you recall reviews, you know, anytime someone has passed away, which unfortunately has happened a lot. Hmm. Um, But I wanted to save this because Bo has developed a fun fascination of Jim Cornette largely because of his toxicity and Bo not really knowing much about him and seeing tweets about how toxic he is. And it, you know, it just kind of become a big joke that I'm like, well, he managed beautiful Bobby and sweet Stan of the midnight express. And I recently watched a couple of their matches and, you know, you got Cornet outside doing Cornet things with his tennis rack. Ah! So I wanted to save that to kind of give Bo a little Cornet to sink his teeth into. So we'll be planning a beautiful Bobby, if you recall, for next week. But for this week, and I didn't even confirm this with you, and we didn't even talk about it much beyond a little bit off air. Um, Assuming you haven't seen it, which I don't think you have, I think we're going to roll with Kazuchika Okada versus Katsuyori Shibata. Sakura Genesis 2017. Very, very unfortunately, um, Shibata's last match in his career, and it doesn't appear he's
3: going to be coming back. You have not seen it, have you? I have heard about it because, okay. because of uh stuff. Yes. Uh and I believe it's damn it, I don't want to get the name wrong. Takahashi, who also had like a horrible neck injury in New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. So
0: Shibata's was a brain injury. He had mm-hmm. like a subdural hematoma from this headbutt, from dehydration, from everything coming out of this match. And yeah Hiromu like broke a couple of his vertebrae and came came back after like 18 20 months something like that but yeah Shibata has not been back in ring he has gotten in the ring to like have fisticuffs with Kenta a couple times who turned on him um but the match I mean it's just fucking unbelievable it's 38 minutes it is my Top-rated favorite match that is not a Kenny Okada match, period. I think I've got a number four all time. Number four. But yeah, it's just a sight to behold. And that is like right when I was getting into New Japan, off the heels of Kenny Okada won at Wrestle Kingdom in 2017. So this was like four months later. And I wasn't following consistently, but I like heard right after this match how incredible. And I didn't know who Shibata was. And have you seen much Shibata? No. Oh man. Like Azar, will tell you, like, that's like one of his favorite wrestlers ever period. And like in watching that guy, cause he had a true MMA background, you know, came into new Japan. He was one of the three Musketeers with Tanahashi and Nakamura. He left for a long time and kind of was hated, you know, welcomed back in and really scratched and clawed and made his way to fan favorite. And the guy's just a fucking legend and gets his big title shot and, you know, we'll we'll get to the match. It's a little tragic, but just an incredible piece of art, really. And uh, we're going to be watching that tomorrow. And I very, very much look forward to it. You are a big wrestling fan, whereas Bo is still kind of new to it. And, you know, I show him different matches for different reasons. But with you, I'm like, I just want to show you something fucking awesome that you haven't seen before. Right. And, That was my pick because I haven't watched the match in a while either. And it is a very emotional, emotionally charged match. And, you know, I know you're into New Japan, not as much as me, but it's definitely something you need to see. Anything else uh, you want to mention here before we roll
3: into Dynamite? Uh, Just Rip Bobby Eaton, even though Midnight Express is probably the, you know, the less famous of like the two Expresses. They've still innovated enough for tag team. And if you like watch matches that they do, you can see how like psychology kind of changed. Cause before it was just kind of, it was just literally like two people doing stuff. Yep. Like, it, but like, this was like a team, team. Like, this was a real cohesive team managed by Jim Cornette, who, feelings outside, is a great wrestling character and Absolutely. Has, a, has an incredible mind for, for wrestling. No you doubt. Know, he's he's an historian. There's a reason that he's on dark side of the ring.
0: Yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Take whatever you want to say out about Jim Cornette being a complete clown. Yeah. He's yeah. definitely one of the greatest minds the business has seen. And he, and he talks he,
3: so well. Oh, my yeah. God. He's and a good promo.
0: He, and he fucking hates AEW, too, which is funny, but excellent. All right. Well, let's get into it. AEW Dynamite. Homecoming at Daly's place on August 4th, 2021. We're going to start with the third lyric. <laughs> the third labor of Jericho. See, we'll keep that in. The third labor of Jericho, which uh someone mentioned on Twitter and I echoed, uh, felt like we were in a time warp here, which uh someone mentioned on Twitter and I echoed, uh, felt like we were in a time warp here. Um as let me pull it up as Chris Jericho defeated Juventud Guerrera in nine minutes, 51 seconds. Um, This was a feud that I was very much into in 1998, um, watching both WCW and WWF in the heart of the Attitude Era and the Monday Night War. Yeah, how old were you in 1998?
3: Uh, It depends when it was, because I wasn't born or, (laughs) or, or like up to eight months.
0: So they had the Super Brawl match was in like February and then Road Road Wild would have been like August. Were you born in 98? Yeah. God, that's fucking
3: insane. (laughs) You were like 10. Don't even do that. But
0: that's when I was like in, I was dialed into rest. 98 was the year I like fell head over heels for wrestling. But what I was going to say, like definitely remember this feud. He unmasked him at Super Brawl. Um, Hoovey got his win back at the Road Wild match. But you know, this gave me a ton of nostalgia. And having Tony Schiavone on the call still, it's on TNT. Um, you know, they're 50 and 47, and obviously not going to be able to work a very, very smooth, you know, flowing match. But hey, they worked hard and I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, it wasn't the most exciting match in the world, but I will say also the stipulation of Jericho having to win by hitting a move off the top rope, I thought proved to be really intriguing.
3: I thought that the walls from the top was going to be. Yeah, um, that was very cool. I thought he, I thought it was, I was just like, oh, he's going to transition to a lion tamer. Like, yeah, that's like definitely like, like the top roast Judas effect that ended the match. That's like a video game thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it was cool. You know, like I, I'd never seen a match like that. So I think just the uniqueness of it proved, you know, it, it added an, a layer to it that made it more exciting to watch right. these two guys go at it. And, you know, Jericho going for the pin at one point, just off like a backbreaker and Aubrey's like, Mm-mm, you know, and like he's going for cross bodies and, you know, he, the the walls thing would have been sick when, you um, you know, Hoovy went for a hurricane. Rana Jericho catches him, takes him down. You know, it's a move he used to do back in the day too. But you know, ended up on a rope break. But you know, we had Jericho trying to rip the mask off of Hoovintude, which is funny for multiple reasons because he was unmasked for so long. But right. and that that was what Jericho's gimmick was back in '98 too. He was even though he's not really a heel now, he certainly was then, and was always trying to rip the masks off. But um yeah what and you know we had the he hit the regular judas effect and it's like oh no what do i do and he goes up top and hits kind of the jumping spinning um and it looked pretty good um what do you think of the match overall
3: um i'm supposed <laughs> i'll say mean things i didn't really like this match. please it yeah was, it was pretty open sloppy. it, up. it was yeah. pretty sloppy you could tell that either jericho was not ready for the speed of uh hooventude uh Tony Schiavone saying the juice is loose is maybe the funniest thing that I've heard in a while. Just because on our show, OJ is just a big character that we do. Like, we DM OJ all the time. We talk about OJ all the time. Like, oh, yeah. Derek Derek brought the OJ meme to uh, two clubs of ours. Like, I am so fascinated with OJ. So him saying the juice is loose while I'm with Derek. Because I watched it. Oh, yeah. I was yes. with Derek. This is a sp- peek behind the scenes, but I was with Derek, like, our whole thing. For the was, like, first
0: time in, like, well over a year, right? Well that over a year. You guys were half. together yeah. in person, so that's yeah. tight.
3: It was nice. Even though Derek and I talk every day, it is definitely different uh, stuff. This episode talk, yeah. talk
0: every day and are feuding as well.
3: Yes. Well, we, <laughs> you know. yeah yeah. he's my he's my boss what am I gonna do uh he calls calls me it's not the other way around never
0: well so before (laughs) getting a few more of your thoughts I want to say I went to a WCW house show and I believe 98 here in Cincinnati and we made signs and I have I've physically I remember making one that said give me some hoovie juice for sure so
3: right probably illegal for a 10 year old but (laughs)
0: yeah maybe maybe but yeah, yeah it was definitely sloppy but again, they tried and I was entertained again because I was 10 years old and born in a lot of
3: But also Jericho is a 50 year at a AEW homecoming event.
0: So. Yes, yeah. absolutely he is. But yeah, I mean, did you enjoy it at all?
3: I I, lo- I did like I think MJF on commentary is great. Oh
0: yes. Calling Aubrey Edwards a floozy, always yeah. fun.
3: Um him ripping up a sign as he's going to thing and that guy had like 10 signs
0: so then after the match we get the attack from wardlow who gave like an f5 of sorts to Hooby first which i thought was funny yeah i and... believe it's called the f10 oh is that what they're calling it these days yeah. okay and then he gives like a, a jumping knee to jericho as he was on the turnbuckle yes he does and that then... on
3: dark and dark elevation a lot yeah. that's i wish
0: all... about okay. him being the fourth labor It's fine. It's fine. Um, I love Wardlow. Absolutely love Wardlow and love to see him in more matches on Dynamite. Um, So very, very happy about that. Not happy he's going to lose. But, you know, Bo and I have talked a lot on the show and off air about just wanting a little more intrigue, a little more drama with these labors.
3: I don't think Wardlow is going to lose. You don't? No. Why? Um, I think Jericho puts his career on the line against MJF at All Out after okay. he
0: loses. Interesting. I like that idea. And Jericho wins that.
3: Yeah, I, and okay. then he wins that, goes on tour. But I think, uh, I think that's a good. I, yeah. I like that prediction because I think it's like it's kind of like going back to last week where like we're all like, Hangman, hey, Dark Order, are obviously gonna win. And then when it's three on one, Hangman versus the Young Bucks is just like, all right, like this is like, this is kind of cool. And when Hangman loses, just like, what are they going to do now? And obviously, we'll talk about what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that Jericho, I, I think that they wouldn't just set up four matches in four weeks because, I mean, the first match, chairs match, second match, a death, death match. match which i yeah. don't think that they played into enough i would i would have liked Hoovy to hit like you know like a medium kind of move like maybe uh maybe like a like a hard elbow to the head and like jericho maybe is cut up or maybe jericho it takes him a little longer to recuperate i think that maybe he didn't sell the effects of a death match
4: Yeah,
0: oh, yeah, I agree. Yes, and I mean, the chair stuff before, and like you get you had that death match, and it was very physical. You're right, no selling, and that like this did again. While I love the stipulation, it felt like a big step down, like that. Nick Gage felt like a big attraction, even though, like, you know, he is what he is, he is who he is, but like that was a big deal to me, and I'm not even a fan of the guy, but like. Having him come in, like, that was exciting. Hoovy, again, it was cool for nostalgia, but it's like you've already set the bar up here. It just felt a little underwhelming. Same with Wardlow, but what I was going to say is, like, feel like Sammy would have been the perfect pick here for, like, drama. Like, MJF picks and you got to fight him, and you can have just that tension of, you know, oh, Sammy, I'll take a dive for you and Jericho. Like, no, I want to have a real match. You know, I just feel like that would have been the best person to pick and very vindictive from MJF. But other than that, uh, our second choice was Paul White because Jericho was part of the Jarrah Show tag team with him, which, you know, kind of got both of those guys on track in like 2009 in WWE you know, both just veterans. We haven't seen Paul White in the ring here in AEW, and it's probably going to happen at some point. So I felt like that could have been a really good spot to debut him and just would have been different. Like Wardlow is just such an easy pick, and the stipulation is that MJF is just at ringside with him. Like I know JR mistakenly said he's the ref. Like that would have been a hell of a lot better. You know, it reminds me of 1998. I think it was over the edge. Again, you weren't born. But it was. Um, wise dude, born. don't do that to me. It was Dude Love against Stone Cold in the main event for the WWF title in an incredible match, and Vince McMahon was the ref. Oh, While he was feuding heavily with Stone Cold, he ended up having to pick up his Vince's hand and get the one two. Oh, was, I thought
3: this was when Austin counted the three and then one.
0: When he counted, he used yeah, Vince's yeah.
3: arm. But it, yeah. it was
0: a great. It just added so much drama. Mm. So like, I feel like they could have done that with MJF as the ref or whether it's Paul White or Sammy, there's just more drama there. Like, I don't know. I feel like after labor 2 we've just kind of gone a little downhill, Correct. still love the gimmick as a whole. Like it's very cool. It's kind of giving Jericho was you know, a bit of a swan song of sorts. And yeah, it does sound, you know, Fozzy's going to be going on tour, but you bring up a very interesting point. And Frankly, I think I would prefer to see that over him beating Wardlow and we just have a match against MJF, so I dig it.
3: Because I feel like Wardlow loses a lot of big matches, like his first match against Cody. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't is...
0: been in a ton of big matches, though, unfortunately.
3: Uh, the other ones I can think of were Ludd and Guts and Stan
0: Yeah. And he beat he, – I mean, he beat Hager once, then Hager beat him. But, yeah. I mean, I'm always impressed with that guy anytime I see and him. And then
3: he and MJF lost to the uh, uh, Jungle Express.
0: Oh, yeah. Jurassic Express. Yes, Jurassic <laughs>
3: Express. Oh, but, I'm turning into Beaumont.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real. Well, uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. But uh, I, like, I like your suggestion for sure. And it's something I hadn't thought about yet, so. Um, I feel like we're already going to be going long, so fuck fuck Max Caster. If we get to it, we get to it. He said a bunch of dumb shit, and Tony Khan put the kibosh on it. But we go to the Lucha Brothers with Alex Abrahantes, with Mm -hmm. Dasha Gonzalez, and no pack. Oh, I wonder what happened. Did somebody mess with his travel plans like they did for the Lucha Brothers last week? Of course they did. And in comes Chavo and Andrade. And it's this has been, I dig it. I'm intrigued by what's going on here. But let's let's get to the matches a little quicker. Like I'm tired of two weeks in a row of these travel plan bullshit. Like we can get a little more creative with this. But I still am enjoying seeing Chavo and Andrade together. And like when these matches come, whomever they come against, whether it's Andrade Pack, Andrade Phoenix, or Penta, they're gonna be fucking great. Um, but just looking for a little more creativity out of these segments.
3: Right. Right. My favorite, I geeked out, as you would say, because Penta obviously spoke Spanish, and then Alex Operantes said, Penta says, and he (laughs) said it in English, and I I immediately tweeted out, well, they speak Spanish, Alex. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, though I do enjoy the Penta says gimmick. It's, oh, I, uh, I know, it's but great. it just
3: it didn't make sense in yeah. that context. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Cavo and Andrade speak Spanish. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's great. And I don't know, uh, that may have been the one. No, that was this one because they come back again mm. later. But yeah, the matches are going to be sick when they happen. I um,
3: also think it's very funny that Andrade believes that the Lucha Bros work for Pac. Yeah. (laughs) Even though they don't work for anybody, he just, like, (laughs) They're just,
0: like, aligned. Yeah. Yeah. They they work for Tony Khan, just like you.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's another thing, is that they said, we don't work for anyone. And Derek's brother, who was in the room, says, they work for the company.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We all work for the same company here. (laughs) You gotta love it. Um, All right. So we get our first look into the fallout from last week's five-on-five five elimination match as we have the dark order with Tony Schiavone backstage I heard Alex Marvez our good buddy is at NFL training camps which is why he wasn't there this week so Shivani steps in and Hangman quickly comes in with a beer and it's like oh shit what's gonna happen and you know we have kind of hangman of old as he's like hey i cost you guys your tag team titles and i need to deal with this shit on my own you know we are still friends but i gotta deal with this on my own and it was pretty heartbreaking and then we had evil uno basically say if this is what he wants let's give him his space and i dig it because you know i had a lot of thoughts last week of where is this going you know i'm still of the opinion that they should be having this match at all out and i'm not convinced that it's not happening yet based on what happens later but we'll get into that but um i continue to be intrigued by this what do you think
3: i was intrigued by this segment
0: okay this
3: this segment we'll talk about it later
0: yeah but i thought that
3: this segment uh was good i feel like a year ago, AEW would have put this on being the elite. So I'm glad that this is on television. Yep. So it's official canon. Um, and then Evil Uno saying like, "No, we gotta let's just give him a space." Yep. Uh, because that does come up later. Yep. Uh, which I was just like, "This is nice."
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously they needed to do something to continue this storyline along and i enjoyed it but yes as you said more to come later so then we go into the all-star team of darby allen eddie kingston and john moxley defeating 2.0 jeff parker and matt lee who were formerly known as ever rise nxt and daniel garcia in seven minutes nine seconds uh, it's a shame that like a commercial kind of, I, I hate how they've been timing their commercials. You know, it's like right in the middle of a seven minute match. Like, can't you just show us the match and then do the, you know, time your commercials better. But I thought this was fun. You know, everyone knew that the all-star team was going to win, but like I've, I've enjoyed those Everrise guys, and NXT is just like kind of the goofy, funny jobbers doing backstage skits. And they were two that got released, and all of a sudden they're here. So clearly they had no non compete, um, and you know they kind of kept their heely, you know, clown gimmick alive during this. And you know, I just find those guys really entertaining. And hadn't seen
3: Daniel Garcia, but he looked pretty solid too. I'm not sure if it was this ad break or the next. I know it was very close. Did you get did did you guys get the ad too? The PBR ad?
0: Oh yeah. And I think it cut off, didn't it?
3: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. But the Matt Cardona PBR ad. Yep. The fire of Nick Gage. Oh yeah. Maybe because PBR and AEW have had like back and forth things on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh and so I find that very funny. My, Derek, his brother, and I all geeked out hard for PBR. A shitty beer. But they know how to advertise, I guess. Absolutely.
0: I love PBR. and uh, yeah, It's the it, shittiest beer of all time. It's a shitty beer, but it's I still shitty. love it. It's
3: worse it. than Bud Light, and I don't think that I... And I,
0: I, I disagree. Bud Light is the worst.
3: I but. No, I agree that Bud Light's at the <laughs> bottom. It is not worse than Caps blue ribbon. At See, all.
0: I think so, but uh, at any time you can get Chelsea Green in an ad, I am a okay. Anytime
3: that you can get Swoggle in
0: an ad, yeah. I am a <laughs> okay with it. All right, well, back to the match. You got any thoughts?
3: <laughs> that spot where they had a really nice camera angle of Darby Allen just doing a suicide dive.
0: Yes, as like one of the guys, I don't know who Parker and Lee are, but one of them was like kind of jawing with Sting to yeah. some degree, and then boop, there comes Darby.
3: I called the finish. I said, I said, it's going to be, I, I didn't call the finish exactly, but I said, cause I said, it's going to be the spinning backhand into the dirty deeds into the, uh, it's the
0: paradigm shift. Damn it. Ah,
3: who the fuck cares? <laughs> it's the same move. Uh, but yeah. That's kind
0: of what those two had been doing. So yeah, uh, you, you got it.
3: And so I was, I was into the, and then the and coffin, coffin
0: drop, drop. Yeah.
3: Which I think the middle rope coffin drop is cooler Oh. Bounce back one, I think it's cooler.
0: Yeah, I mean they're all pretty tight, but uh yeah, it was fun to see these three guys paired together. The crowd was really hot for it. Um, you know, I don't know if it's anything that's really gonna continue on, but cool seeing them together, fun little match, and you know, happy to see 2.0 as they're known now. Like we could use that more funny jobbers any day of the week. Like I I'm always
3: down. I don't know, there's a lot of there's a lot of silliness in uh in A W.
0: Well, we did get the fun little pose between with Moxley, Kingston, and Sting after the match too. That was it's uh,
3: true. Oh, and then Sting did the woo, and Eddie Kingston
0: geeked out. Yeah, and Moxley was kind of laughing too. And JR's like, "We almost got a smile out of Moxley there." But uh, yeah, I don't. You know, I don't Jr.
3: Know my- is the blue, is the Bud Light of announcers now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know where any of those three guys are headed for all well, I guess Mox Tanahashi has kind of been um, a rumor. And I think stuff that happens at this New Japan strong resurgence show on I believe it's a week from tonight, um, could loom large over all out. Um we'll get a you little got me, bit more. You I've got, got, me something. A little
3: intrigued. Maybe I've got something to
0: i like I've got, yeah, and I've got something to say when we get back to the hangman Kenny stuff later about that, but you know, Tana Mox, Moxley called him out last week or two weeks ago in that promo. I would fucking love to see it. Azar brought up a point, like, is there enough time? And we may have talked about this last week, too, for, I think we did, for Tana to be here for All Out, get back in quarantine in time for the G1. So we'll see. Um, but, yeah. So He's already facing Lance Archer. He is. That's at resurgence. Right. So maybe he'll just stay here. I know that was kind of my thought, and I, I think it's it was a two week mandatory quarantine in Japan. I think it's just ten days now, which would put which because it would be thirteen days from all out till the G one. Okay, it, and you know he could go on day two, with, so it would be fucking tight. I mean, literally one of the best ever to do it, and is still fucking churning out classics as yeah. a forty as a forty four year
3: a house made um, IPA. Of professional wrestlers, <laughs> Tanahashi is. <laughs>
0: I mean, better than that. But yeah, he's he's just the best. That's a B
3: tier. I put Tanahashi at a B tier.
0: B tier?
3: Okay. Wait, no. Is there A tier? He's not S. I don't think that he's S, personally.
0: Ooh, I mean, this is a whole other conversation. So I do, I mean, we're already talking long. I told you I do want to leave a little time for us to just talk wrestling for 15 right. minutes or so. So Is this it? Not yet. <laughs> not yet. yet. Then we get a video package with Ricky Starks and Team Taz talking about Cage and then Cage talking about Ricky Starks and Team Taz. I don't really remember what at all they said, but I like it. I love, I love this feud. I love Taz. I love Starks. There's a lot I of really, sexual
3: tension between Taz and Brian Cage. And Hook and everyone. Oh, my God. Hook is looking jacked.
0: Hook is fucking huge. Yeah. Um, yeah Kevin, I'm all
3: Kevin he's I'm, one of the greatest professional athletes of all time. He's shredded!
0: Yeah, I, I love it. I love this feud. I can't... I'll take all the team Taz you got.
3: Um, I would personally swap out JR for Don Callis any day of the week. I think Don Callis... I've been watching ECW stuff. Cyrus is one of the greatest characters ever. Oh, it's wow. A tro- it's a troll job for sure. Paul Heyman it, is awesome. Could yeah. you imagine a commentary team of, of Don Callis and Paul, and Paul Hayman Hayman. Heyman? I oh would die. I think that Pat McAfee <laughs> and Don Callis. I think Don Callis pairs well with everybody, even I JR. I agree.
0: Don Callis is one of the I, best w- commentators in the business, no doubt. And,
3: because I just remember Hangman Page just pinned the world champion. He's just like, What are you talking about, Jim Ross? He kicked out. <laughs> it's the funniest thing from last week. It's just Don Callis playing off of Jim Ross. Because oh. they definitely have known each other for like 30 years. For sure. Because he, he was, was the in Jackal. W-
0: yeah, he was in WWE during the Attitude. And that's era. a song
3: from the 90s. Oh.
0: So I haven't seen much Cyrus in ECW. I'm certainly familiar. It was more towards the end of their run, right? Yeah, like it was ninety nine, two thousand. Yep. Yeah. That's what it, I was but
3: it was—he's a TV exec. He like was representing the TV yeah. network, which is hilarious. It's <laughs> Dude, a hilarious.
0: Callus is incredible. He's just so good. He's energy. a
3: callous human being.
0: Okay. Now we have the elite
3: clowns doing basketball things. This was, was maybe I... the worst segment of the night. I hated this so much. I understand why you like it, Brent, because you just like watch the world burn. This was one of the worst things ever. Tell I think, me why. I think Brandon Cutler is one of the worst excuses of a human being. What? He is the Bud Light Lime of, of Which wrestling. is way
0: better than Bud Light.
3: I, yeah. He's just all a D tier. Uh, because I, th- I, I don't hate him as a person, mostly because I don't know him. But him just saying, like, I cheat now is just so weird.
0: So you got to watch Being the Elite. No, I, mean, I should you, not have to watch. I know. I, know, I, I know.
3: should not have to have do homework. I should be able to watch I, the show.
0: I don't disagree. But that gives another layer to... And, and, being the elite aside, I, I've been saying it on our show. I love the role Cutler's played. Maybe not necessarily during this segment, but the aerosol stuff. Like, he's just played. Oh, a I just don't
3: thing. understand the, the difference between him and Nakazawa. I think yeah, I mean, I could do
0: same. without Nakazawa. I mean, it's fine, but yeah, they're pretty much the same thing. Yes. Um,
3: that's why I don't like Cutler, because I think Nakazawa is better at it.
0: Okay. Um, that's fair.
3: Them, I like. I didn't realize it until now that they're all tripping in gold because i i guess they uh, i guess the good brothers won back the tag team championships but i do like that they're just like hangman can't hang with us yeah very cool uh i also i just don't think that anything is i, I just think that the segment sucked i really <laughs> That just
0: see i was laughing the whole fucking time yeah but but I...
3: probably high as a kite what <laughs> what does that mean You uh, smoke some of the you know the devil has a garden he grows tomatoes that's chad carrots. that's chad <laughs> from, you
0: from the top rope i don't do that
2: yeah
0: um but the young bucks young bucks said their damn flashes outfits on again i don't know nick jackson like when nick jackson gets into real just asshole mood like he makes me laugh. Matt, so, su- Matt sucks.
3: So I realized this before Twitter did: is that Kenny Omega had a Cookie Monster.
0: Oh yeah, on, which absolutely. Is of course,
3: a reference to CM Punk.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't even think about that. I mean. I think you're stretching a little bit.
3: I mean, that's like one of like the like what does CM stand for? Yeah, it I was, dig it though. Before it was legally called chick magnet because of that case.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh,
3: everyone was just like Charles Montgomery Cookie <laughs> Monster. Yeah. Chicago <laughs> made, which I yep. think Chicago made is better than chick magnet. Chick
0: magnet and Chicago made were always the two prevailing. Yeah. Theories for uh, sure,
3: but. Cookie Monster. And then he said, like, C is for Cookie, Mother Fathers. And I I was just like, it's in Kenny Omega's, like, I don't even think if this was on Being the Elite, I think that he would say Mother Fathers. I don't he oh, yeah. would swear in this character.
0: Kenny is, like, the dweebiest heel ever, but I fucking love it. You It's just, it's a diff like, and that's why I like the Elite group as they are. Whether you hated the segment or not, like, they are presenting themselves as just Goofy, funny, weird, asshole heels that aren't really doing evil things. They're just like a bunch of fucking nerds together. And then you've got your jocks as the good brothers talking about jerking off in '69. But
3: I don't know. I, I believe feel it like was it's... Kenny Omega who said it, who was talking about '69.
0: '69? Well, <laughs> me, Don, <laughs> like that very underrated thing this year and on Dynamite for oh, real. Probably
3: the best. The best. It really
0: Absolutely might best. be. But, uh, this is going to be such a long, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the young bucks basically said there's nobody left. They're the greatest group of champions the good brothers did mention they're going to defend the impact titles against the dark order. Someone from the dark order. I think, right. Do you recall that? I think Gallows said that like right off the bat.
3: Oh, they're defending the impact tag yeah, that's... against, uh, evil no and, yeah. uh, And the bald headed one. Yes. Yeah.
0: Beef. Yeah. So that'll be sweet. Um, I mean, the
3: non concussed one.
0: Can't imagine the Dark Order winning, but maybe. I don't know. That'd be tight. Do you guys not call them
3: the Dork Order?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm shocked we haven't given the language that we sometimes use. Yeah. Worship toward over your forks. Yeah. Yeah. The Dork Dork Order.
3: Yeah. I can't believe you guys have, I, I can't believe that.
0: Yeah, we use that language anyway. What the elite is more the dork order. If we're just right, being yeah, <laughs>
3: Kenny Omega—that's the dork order. You piece of shit, Kenny Omega. That's a callback from like episode seven of ours.
0: <laughs> but yeah, Kenny did talk some shit about Hangman blowing it, and basically said now he's all alone. And then Cutler cut down the nets, but Which yeah, is like a Coach K reference. Yeah, he was still at Duke for one more year. It's and, Correct. Yeah. So we have Christian Cage defeating the Blade in 9 minutes, 46 seconds, or as Bo termed the Blade, the University of Louisville football fan who drinks Crown Royal and smokes Cools, which I thought was funny. Kind of sticking along with, you know, what we've talked about with Christian, like every time out, the guy's fucking solid, you know, fundamentally sound, always a good match very rare. He hasn't really had a great match here in AEW, but always good. You know, it's always going to be solid. You know,
3: That's <laughs> what do you got? It happened. Yeah, It, it definitely happened.
4: It did. Um,
3: I don't understand the rankings in AEW. I've Me said neither. this many times yeah. because they say it's based off of uh, strength of opponents, too. Who the fuck are Matt Seidel and the Blade? And like, he's yeah. <laughs> just beating jobbers essentially.
0: Yeah. The ranking, as Bo said last week, who gives a fuck about rankings? Which yeah. is like our friend Greg Goldman who says, who gives a fuck about ratings? But he said it and I missed it actually in the course <laughs> of the episode and caught it on the edit. I'm like, wow, I missed that. That was really funny. But yeah, who gives a fuck about rankings? Cause yeah, they're fucked. Um, But my guy,
3: Drew
0: Garrison, number one in the tag team. Wow, yeah. Um, You know, this had your classic chicanery with the bunny getting involved, and then legit Layla came down, and they fought to the back, and we'll see that match later. Hmm. You got, the, you know, you had the classic Christian spot of him stepping on the blade's back and, like, dangling him on the ropes. Yeah. Um yeah, Chris. So there was a nice counter towards the end where Christian went for a reverse DDT and the blade countered it into like a power slam. He classically goes for the brass knuckles or the knuckle duster, as we like to call it, and runs into a spear. Ooh. And that was it. But yeah, match was totally fine. Work. Yeah, wasn't bad. Well.
3: I thought it was a little weird that Christian won with a spear.
0: He I, yeah, I feel like he's done that another time. Yeah, is uh just like the other. 50 year over there on that other program and a yeah, wrestlemania that event
3: that his old program. partner
0: yeah it's yeah it is interesting
3: better of the two i'll give it that huh it's the better of the two of the programs
0: which one yeah. that one or this one
3: smackdown over, oh smackdown <laughs> <over Raw.
0: laughs> oh without a doubt
4: yeah yeah
0: but yeah uh will christian start using the spears of a finisher more maybe um, and we had a nice little video package detailing the FTR Santana Ortiz rivalry, which feels like it's been going on for a decade. And we got an abrupt 11 minute match last week, which was a shame. But, you know, Dak, like these video packages, when they have them with these guys are always great. You know, yeah. Dax is like, I had to watch my friend nearly die and bleed out to death.
3: That's not exactly. Yeah, I didn't like the, the freezing on where uh cash caught his arm yeah
0: i didn't need to see that i didn't i kind of and
3: and then they keep zooming in on just the cut and i'm like "Good god
0: i mean that was heinous um and i i heard on bishop's show actually that i guess they did something to like cover that spot up now and that won't be exposed anymore maybe which is good but yeah, that was pretty nasty, and this was a fun video package, and I hope that when they have the rematch that they'll get proper time. And I believe not-
3: that rematch will should happen at All Out.
0: I would hope so, and it should be a number one contenders match.
3: Oh, yeah. And, and then,
0: Santana and Ortiz should win. They should, the but, I, but I
3: but I like FTR too much, so I cannot
0: I love FTR. I love, FT. I love I both can... of these teams, which is why it's kind of just been a bit of a bummer that they've just been like dragging this out so long. And then I'd the be one... okay
3: with a triple threat if this went to a time limit draw.
0: With who? Oh, the box. Okay. Well, so I will hold my thought on what I think the elite may be doing it all out for when we get to that next segment. Gotcha. But I would like to see that. Um, yeah, I don't know how quickly Cash is going to be able to be back, though, either. I mean, you know, it shouldn't be an injury that was like that debilitating, but it, you know. He did it a lose pretty, a
3: lot of blood.
0: Yeah, it was a pretty fucked up cut, too. So, I, I, I mean, can he be make it back for all out? We'll don't see. make blood,
3: people. Come on.
0: Yeah. Do it. So then we get Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, with her good buddy, Tony Schiavone. And they're quickly interrupted by uh, former jobber high graduate Red Velvet. And I loved this segment because they actually start talking about her jobber days. And like she was one of the first few when Bo and I kind of started running with that jobber high gimmick. She was one of the first ones we brought up. So she comes out and she's like, red's not your color. I want a piece of the DMD. And Britt's like, don't you remember that I beat you here in three minutes earlier this year or last year whatever it was? I'm like, oh, jobber high days. You got to love them. Um, and then speaking of who gives a fuck about ranking, she's like, well, I'm things have changed. I'm 22 and four and I've won seven matches in a row. Yeah, on dark and elevation. Who gives a shit? <laughs> um, but I, I like this. Red Velvet is very good. You know, she's good in the ring. She's fun. She's got some fire. Um, Where the fuck is Thunder Rosa? That's what I want to
3: know. Yeah. I I mean, Thunder Rosa has got to beat Britt, and then she's going to lose it to Jay Cargill. Oh, wow.
0: See, yeah, Britt's going to have it for a little while, and I think Thunder might lose to her first, but she should beat her. You know, we Bo and I haven't talked enough about this because it wasn't when we were covering WWE and he actually never even watched the match, but the unsanctioned match between Brit and Thunder Rosa is fucking incredible. Like it's probably a top two or three AEW match for me this year. People forget Thunder Rosa won that match. Yes. And now and has done nothing since. And I get it. She got she signed. Not.
3: That's not true. She she Yes.
0: And she, she was a match.
3: She had a match recently.
0: Well, I mean, nothing of consequence, you know, not that she's not been...
3: She beat my childhood best friend, Griff Garrison's uh, teammate, Julia Hart.
0: Yeah, that was a tough, tough win. But for real, though, (laughs) it's like people forget that she won that match. And AEW typically has been really good about, like, letting these wins and losses mean something. Not always, by any means, but, Mm -hmm. like, that one didn't. Because Britt kind of lost. Because it was to- on
3: sanction, so it didn't count to the sure. ranking. Yeah, I don't
0: fucking buy that.
3: Uh, but I I do, because because they had that whole because that was Kenny and Moxley's whole thing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Of like you, it says in the record books that we fought, but it doesn't say who won. I know. It? Well, yeah. that aside,
0: what about how also I don't think we've even seen Hikaru Shida on Dynamite since she lost the belt, have As, we?
3: That yeah, we have. Are you sure? Yeah.
0: When. I don't think we have.
3: I'll bet you.
0: And if we have, again, nothing of any significance. That doesn't mean
3: that they haven't. Hold on. Let me go. But well, no, point. it
0: doesn't. But I don't think she has. A- maybe yeah. in like a backstage segment, maybe on a video package. No, she has new hair. And which I love and I want to see more of. I love Sheeta. The word innovation. And- and like I just feel like I have not seen her on Dynamite, period, since she lost that belt.
3: Uh, and I think
0: I'm right, at least in a match. I don't think she's had a match on Dynamite.
3: Yeah, she may she, not she has only been on Dork Olavution and Dork.
0: <laughs> See? And I don't even know if she's even been shown. And yes, I follow her on Instagram, and she's got the hairstyle. She looks fucking great. She's an awesome wrestler. You know, the women's division has gotten better, I think. Um, It's still not, like, the greatest, but it's gotten better. But, like, showcase your talent. Um, And that's someone who held the belt for a fucking year and hasn't been on the show in three and a half, two and a half months. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I love the new look, too. She's tight. Okay. So... Uh, Yeah, and this ended in a bit of a scuffle and the match is going to happen at the Rampage debut, August 13 in Pittsburgh or Britsburg or Schittsburg, as it may be known. Yeah, fuck
3: the Steelers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fuck them. Woo! Um, And then we have more Andrade with Dasha Gonzalez. (laughs) This was actually pretty funny. And Chavo buings in, Wings in, Chavo buings in Fuego del Sol.
3: Fuego sh- del Sol. The shoe shiner.
0: Uh, but he says no. He doesn't want to shine the shoes. And he gets chucked into a garage door multiple times by Andrade. And, yeah, here's where we get the line you said earlier about Chavo basically saying that the Lucha Brothers will never be champs if they keep working with Pac. <laughs> But they work with AEW. I mean, if anyone, Alex Abrahantes would be like the quote-unquote manager. I mean,
3: Fuego's also isn't like all elite though.
0: Not yet. Penta says he might be at some point. It's
3: true, and all Alex Abrahantes says that Penta says. Yeah. Well,
0: now we've gotten Fuego. You know, he's become like a darling of the being the elites and Sammy's vlog and all that shit and Reddit. And like people love him. But we haven't seen him much on Dynamite. And we have recently twice. Not only that, you know, he's getting fucking mistreated, but hey, he's on TV. But like I loved, was it last week or two weeks ago, the black mask kick that when he came out to try and save Cody and oh, Malachi just waylaid him with the kick. And he sold it like he just got hit by 10 sacks of bricks. So, yeah, love it. Um, And, okay, so now we get into it. We have Hangman Adam Page with Tony Schiavone in the ring and very quickly interrupted by the whole elite, those fucking goons. And he says, oh, great. I've had something I wanted to say to you guys for quite a long time. And, you know, Kenny is basically like, oh, you're trying to take my title and join the elite? And Hangman's like, that's the last thing I want to do. And, you know, Kenny really starts driving it in. He's like, you've got a lot in common with these people here. You're a tryhard. You don't fit the bill for the elite because we don't have any losers, failures, or people that play second fiddle in our group. And then he clocks Kenny. And then uh, Hangman starts getting fucked up by everyone um good brothers hit the magic killer and then that's when the intrigue continues because of course the dark order are going to try and come save their buddy but stew and evil uno put up a wall and stop them and don't let it to happen as hangman is sitting there and gets three bte triggers and they're just standing there and letting it happen and then Frankie Kazarian, the elite hunter, who just recently got buried, unfortunately comes out. He gets buried again.
3: He's and not being buried on impact, though.
0: Yeah, that's good. But <laughs> so you said you liked the segment before. Did you not like this?
3: I did enjoy this more. Oh, okay, great. This good. is more like a – uh, this isn't this is like right underneath a coarse light of segments. It's not great. It's not great, but like it's
4: there. See, I
0: thought this was pretty great. Just because just the intrigue of all of it. You know, like this was a new layer in this storyline of you've got Stu and Uno thinking they're doing the right thing by letting this happen. And I love how I think Alex Reynolds and and Five. well, Alex Reynolds and Five, both on Twitter, I saw, had, like, tweeted something about this. Like, you know, hey, just because your friend is pushing you away, like, that may be the times you need, they need you the most. And, like, it's, it's really true. playing into this. And I love it. Hell, I'm getting goosebumps a little bit talking about it right now. So here's my thought, though. Here's what I think could be happening at All Out. Tell me. Elite versus Bullet Club. Bullet Club being the Gorillas of Destiny, Hickaleo, Jay White, and Kenta. They've been teasing this feud on Twitter. Tama Tonga has been a lot.
3: For like a year and a half.
0: Yeah. Jay's here. Kenta's not, but he's already been here, so he can come back if he wants. The Tama Tonga, Tangaloa, and Hikaleo are all here. I don't know. I just feel like this might be headed this direction now with like Like, are they really going to shoehorn Christian into Kenny with what less than one month of build? And this is still the hottest angle on the show. Like, is that really what they're going to do here over the next three weeks? I just don't see that happening. I don't know that the more I'm thinking about it, the more this feels logical. And then you have the FTR Santana and Ortiz match to determine the number one contender. You could even, I mean, I know the reports have come out that Hangman won't even be on All Out, period. You could do a Christian Hangman match there to determine a number one contender. I don't know. We've talked, I think we talked off air too of Hangman Miro and Hangman wins the TNT title, which would give Kenny another belt to collect. I don't know. You know, Then there's these rumors of Hangman's wife having a baby, even though it was just announced like a month ago, but no one knows, which I think is great. Um, but I think there's a decent possibility we could get because we could get a leap versus Bullet Club, whether that's the main event or not. And CM Punk Derby could very well be the main event. Lights out. Your thoughts, your take. Do you think that's possible? Yes. Uh, what, what you... I
3: would. I would. I mean, there's the obvious rumor and or innuendo of CM Punk and or Daniel Bryan against, I...
0: against Kenny. Against Kenny. See, I just don't see that happening yet.
3: I think that they are going to save that for... Going, I think they're going to save that for a big show. I think there's no... It's. I think a super show between New Japan and AEW. Like maybe Tokyo Dome. That's Tokyo Dome levels...
0: Yeah, although I I think if a super show would happen, and we've talked a little off air about this, is because we are kind of friends.
3: Um, no, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> PWO sucks. sucks. Um, watch the downfall of PW. I want to make that video. I lost. I, leave. I lost
0: my. <laughs> <laughs> what do we talk about off air?
3: What don't we talk about off air? <laughs> is real shit!
0: God damn it.
3: <laughs> We're not friends. He texts me. I don't text back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say something. He asked
3: me in group shit. chats that I don't want to be. I turn off my phone. This? I turn it back on. There's 94 text message. Hey,
0: put a sock in it. Put a sock in it. I'll put a sock on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. What were we talking about?
3: We're talking about the super show between the elite.
0: Oh, yes. I feel like that super show, if and when it happens, will probably happen in America. First, Madison Square all, Garden. All the, yes. Although, like I said earlier, COVID is terrible here now, again, too, unfortunately. Like, that's been the tough part with
3: the Japan. Jet Blue variant is yeah. really ramping up.
0: <laughs> the Spirit Air variant.
3: Yeah. So, Jet, Jet Blue, the course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you also got to think of this super show when this super show happens in Japan. Right. It's gonna be one of two matches for Kenny, and that's Kenny O'Connor or Abushi. Plain and simple, it has to be. Really? Yes.
3: Kenny J White won't happen. Will happen. In that'll America, happen. You in think?
0: A, that'll happen in America.
3: Or, just hear me out. I will. Kenny Osprey.
0: Yeah, I'd love to see it. Actually, that yeah. was that happened in PWG. I think. Um, I haven't seen it. But no, yes. one cares
3: about, no one cares about PWG. But
0: no, that's been a, a big dream match, of course. So, yeah, we could we could have a whole <laughs> My show. dog hates
3: that fucking answer. We could have a
0: whole show talking about this, but I'm starting to think Elite Bullet Club is going to happen or there's a pretty good chance of it happening. But I it already don't...
3: happened. It already happened with Bullet Club Civil War. I don't want to see it again.
0: <laughs> yeah, but this is different. It's a different group. Shut up, dog. Yeah, Griffin. it's a different group of guys. I I would rather see that than Kenny Hangman or Kenny Kenny Christian at all out it's ten times more. And that's nothing against Christian. It just that match isn't a pay-per-view main event with everything else going on. That is a TV main event. That
3: is a TV main that is
0: event. A, that
3: is a rampage.
0: Yeah, so like I just again the fact that they've got us talking about it this much and that we really don't know what the fuck is going on and it's less than a month away, I love it. Um, I so would need like to s-
3: start getting some matches down so people will, like want to. Go for to
0: sure, it. I mean, yeah, it's got to be coming soon. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I'm surprised nothing is even official yet for that show. So we'll definitely be seeing that soon. And again, just the Jay White presence alone makes that different from the Bullet Club Civil War. And I don't know how much of a Jay White guy you are, but I'm a big one. And I think it could be really fun. And I'd rather see that than Kenny Christian. That's all I got to say.
3: I agree that uh, it could be interesting. And uh, I agree with everything you said. I just think... But if it's not Kenny Hankman, then it's going to be a big match. I don't think that they're going to have like a tag match to end the show. No, I think it would be Punk Darby to end the show. Lights lights out. Absolutely not. No? Punk, de- Punk debuts that. Punk debuts there.
0: That's what I'm saying. Oh, oh! I know he debuts at the first dance. They set up the match. No way. Do you think they're swerving? Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely a possibility. He's debuting one of the two.
3: No right. doubt. Right. I think it's really rough if he doesn't debut. I think they play his music there, but he doesn't come out, and I think he's a heel. I think he's. A, I think he's a heel. They play. He, they play cult of personality, or they play kill switch engage that would be fucking tight that this fire burns
0: is fucking awesome I love that song and that's true heel punk right there yeah mm-hmm. uh, I don't know there's a lot that can happen here in the next less than a month so strap in it's gonna be exciting no matter or, what. or
3: this is a big thing that that's been said is that uh, cult of personality starts Mjf comes out.
0: I would fucking love that. I would lose my shit. I'm not even kidding. I would. Lose I my would shit. love that. Yeah. Are you talking at Rampage first? Yeah, Dance? at Rampage. Yeah. Because yeah, if he doesn't debut there, and I still think he will, it's coming it all out. But I, I think he's debuting there, and he's gonna have a match. Because I just, they're not main eventing with Kenny Christian. It's just not gonna happen.
3: Can we also talk about that Rampage is a four man commentary booth? Like, what the <laughs> shit is that? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's what Excalibur. It's Mark, Mark Henry, Henry. Is Paul
3: White? Jericho and Paul White. Wow. So Jericho, no Taz. What? It's Taz, not
0: Taz. Not okay. Show. Taz and, but it is Jericho. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's a hell of a team, but yeah, four is just too much.
3: Yeah. Put Don Callis on there. <laughs>
0: yeah, just Don Callis solo.
3: I you dude. <laughs> Kevin Kelly's solo was awesome. So, like, could you imagine a yeah, better Kelly, Kevin Kelly? Because I dude, like Kevin Kelly, did you watch Wrestle Grand Slam
0: that just happened last week? No, uh, in Tokyo Dome. So Kevin Kelly, he was calling was he it. There? Like, no, but he was calling it from his home studio, and Chris Charlton, they were separate. But he kept bringing up no like, Rocky, no Rocky. He Whoa. was in a, he was in a match. He was oh, okay, that makes match.
3: sense.
0: That makes sense. Um. But Kevin Kelly kept bringing up these wasps flying around in his studio and how he's like killed five wasps. But he brought it up like multiple times and it was fucking
4: hilarious.
0: Yeah, Kevin Kelly fucking rules. Chris Charlton rules. We should get him on the show. Yeah, would love to. Kevin! Uh, Then the next thing I have written down, which really excites me, is that Dan Lambert is coming back.
3: With a special guest, American top team owner Dan Lambert. I think it's Jorge Masvidal. Oh, I that's a name I know. I don't
0: follow enough UFC or MMA. It could be Dustin
3: Poirier.
0: Okay, yeah, it's got to be from
3: Louisiana.
0: Okay, it's got to be
3: someone from
0: UFC or MMA for sure. But
3: they're part of the gym, so there's that, yeah. Um, Could be Amanda Nunes. I doubt it. She's a less big name.
0: And she was already on with him. Well,
3: Jorge Masvidal was, but him and Dustin Poirier are like the two big ones. In his gym. I feel like it might
0: be Poirier, especially since he just beat McGregor.
3: uh, Twice.
0: Yeah. So I'm just excited to see more Dan Lambert because he very much entertained me and geeked me out the last time. So bring it on. Then we have our, Big Shoddy
3: Lee Johnson versus our
0: TNT Championship match, where the Redeemer Miro defeats your boy Big Shoddy Lee Johnson in nine minutes thirty nine seconds. Uh, before we get into the match, I want to bring up the thing I tweeted and the subsequent joke that you made that was pretty good. Um, you know, I kind of likened Miro's current TNT run to Cody's first, not quite doing it as well as Cody, but You know, having very good, solid, competitive matches with what I said on Twitter with a lot of young up-and-comers, and which prompted you to say...
3: Oh, yeah, Lance Archer, one of those young up-and-comers, huh?
0: At forty-four year, yeah. Um,
3: but the point I was making really was more like a lot of
0: a lot of different guys are getting opportunities to have very good competitive matches and right. looking good in doing so. Who I just was, knew
3: that Lance Archer was yeah. up there in age, and I was just oh, like,
0: he's up there, yeah. yeah. I lo- I geeked me out big time when you tweeted me back. But, <laughs> um,
3: did you forget that that match happened? No, nothing.
0: No, I just didn't really. Because let's see. And I mean, Evil Uno is not young. Or, but I think right. yeah. he's an up and comer to some degree. He's not 40. I don't Liz think.
3: Archer has had like nine shots at titles,
0: too. Yeah, it, exactly. I was glad to finally see him. But like Pillman, Lee Johnson, I think there's been at least one or two more younger guys that have gotten it's a Lee shot Johnson. at him. I thought this match was fun. It was probably the best match on the show. I mean, by, by far. In ring, this was not a great show. It was fine, but, like, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed everything else around it. You know, a lot of the shit we've already talked about. But this was a fun match, and Lee got a ton of offense in after the break, too. Um, you know, he hit, like, two suicide dives. He had that nice tornado DDT counter. Although he had that somersault dive where Miro tried to catch him and it just did, didn't really work, and they both kind of just like collapsed to the ground. <laughs> hey, it's tough out there. um He hit like what five super kicks, four in a row, and then like Miro dodged and he hit him again. He hit that frog splash for the nice near fall. Like big shoddy, you know. Again, he's one of these guys. He doesn't get a ton of opportunity on Dynamite, but. I always enjoy him when he's on there and he's very athletic and pretty fun to watch.
3: I tuned out for this match. Honestly, I was having a good time. With Derek. I
0: feel, I was a little tuned out like for that six man early, you know, again, when like you're tweeting, you're texting people, it's hard to like pay super close attention. So I feel you, but yeah, I'd say this, like you said, this was definitely the match of the night, sure. say, which isn't saying much on this show, frankly. Um, so then we have a promo with Christian, the new number one contender, and you know I was thinking I think it was a Golden Girls song he sang, which I didn't know. But I'm literally watching the show, and again, this is not to take anything away from Christian. I love him, but he's singing this Golden Girls bullshit about him being the number one contender, and I'm just like, are we really doing this match? Like this asshole up here? i say that with all love, singing Golden Girls bullshit. When you've got Hangman out there getting his ass kicked. And is this really what we're doing? I just don't see it happen.
3: I can't believe Tony Khan is shelling out money for Christian to sing poorly.
0: <laughs> you think that required money to be shelled out?
3: Yeah, because you need because it's copyright, man.
0: But he also said something about stirring up some shit and that he's better than good because he's elite. I thought that was interesting that he said that he's elite. I'm sure it has nothing to do with anything, but yeah, he's
3: joining the elite. That's what that would is. be
0: fucking tight. Honestly, <laughs> I would love. Could you imagine him coming out dressed up like the Young Bucks in their Dan Flash's outfit and just being a fucking? I mean, uh, he is
3: a Canadian hero.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then we swing into our number one contenders match for the NWA. Championship
3: Eliminator.
0: Title, yes, Eliminator match, which they love, in which legit Layla Hirsch defeats the Bunny in 8 minutes, 14 seconds. And I'm a fan of both of these women, especially legit Layla Hirsch. Like, I feel she's someone who's gotten a lot of shots on Dynamite in – Kind Of the jobber position where you Moderna knew she was good.
3: and <laughs> Pfizer, <laughs> nice.
0: Um, Cominant and this was one that I'm like, wow, I think she might actually win this, and she did. And yeah, anytime she's on TV, I'm always entertained. And same with the bunny, like again, she's not the best wrestler in the world, but I'm always entertained. What facial expressions, whatever, like this was a fun match.
3: I agree, I think that she's the Corona light of of wrestler she's a solid oh, which one uh anna J.
0: anna jay
3: yeah the bunny
0: <laughs> it's not anna jay
3: the, it's the same person they no it's not the bunny's alley wow you were <laughs> right
0: <laughs> Jeez, what one have? too many one too many beer drinks over there huh get
3: out of here I'm the Miller highlight of people. Uh,
0: yeah. Bunny's tight. Legit Layla's tight. Great submission artist. Ends up tapping her out with the arm bar. Um, then how about the Bunny Camille face-off? Holy Ooh. shit. The,
3: the Layla Hirsch bunny. <laughs> Layla, uh, Layla Hirsch. Camille.
0: We're yeah. fucking struggling. It's
3: okay. Everybody's had one too many beer drinks.
0: <laughs> um. But yeah, talk about a David versus Goliath scenario, and Camille looks like she's had as much plastic surgery as Charlotte.
3: Yeah, she's definitely the, uh, bush of
0: <laughs> people. Yeah, not bush like, light. bush.
3: No bush. Like full the flavored, beans. Full flavored
0: bush beer is Camille. <laughs> like,
3: like the beans.
0: <laughs> Christ. Um,
3: got a list of beers now
0: <laughs> yeah and then we had jade cargill with and smart smart mark, mark sterling. sterling who i fucking love i anytime, think he's great anytime that guy's on my tv screen i'm dialed in
3: i i knew that this beer existed because it's a hometown favorite he he is the sam adams of people mm,
0: mm. smart is, i said something on twitter like smart mark sterling fucks and Bishop, said, and Bishop said something like, as in the verb, fucks." So I'm like, absolutely. Oh, yeah. um, again, couldn't really tell you what they talked he, about. Not other Jade than, Cargill. Other than hashtag Jade brand and I'm that bitch. But
3: I mean, if Jade I just hate, can't. I hate she, that. I think that's she so just,
0: t- Yeah, she just can't talk. She's got no charisma. Uh-huh. But like, keep throwing her out there in the ring because she's fucking yeah. awesome. Like, she's I, do,
3: she does the I'm that bitch, which is just DMD. DMD, yeah. TK is just like, like, it works for this woman. What if it works for for this woman?
0: Like, just let smart Mark talk for her and go let her kick people's ass and it's going to be great. Has
3: Tony Khan ever looked a woman in her eyes on purpose? That's my (laughs) question.
0: Probably not. Especially not the likes of Jade Cargill.
3: No. Jade Cargill's a mom.
0: For so, she is a mom. To Brandon, Brandon Phillips is the dad. Former Red, former Red Sox. Oh,
3: the second, the second baseman.
0: Yeah, Red's legend. I used uh, to play
3: Stratomatic baseball, so I know a bunch ah, of.
0: Reds. But yeah, I'm with you, Jade. Like, for not having ever wrestled, she's awesome. And just keep yeah, her out there in the ring. Let Smart Mark be an asshole and be fun. And I know they're doing shit on and Oral Abortion. Um, but I'd like to see her wrestle more on Dynamite. And I want to see Smart Mark Sterling in the ring cutting a promo.
3: Oh, And also, they, they did plug Elevation, though, which was great.
0: We swing into our main event of the evening with Malachi Black indeed fading Cody to Black and defeating him in 4 minutes 42 seconds. Which followed by a Cody attempted retirement angle, in which he got fucking destroyed by his own crutch. I don't know. Do you want to start with the match? Do you want to start with the retirement? Let's uh, start
3: with the. Let's start with the entrances.
0: Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. What'd you think? It wasn't as good as an NXT, his NXT entrance. No. That's for damn sure. No, like it I have fucking love that. weird
3: sound effects?
0: He had that mask on. Yeah. I don't. The music didn't really stick with me too, too much. Um, Not like his NXT theme, but it was, it was fine. Right. Um. Yeah. Do you got anything else to say about it? Yeah, it was
3: weird cutting of the the thing. I don't like how they kind of they had the entrances. I I feel like they could have done the entrances and then cut to commercial. Is another thing adding on to what you said.
0: Yeah, their commercial. They they. And so I, I want to bring up Bishop again, because he never talks about Dynamite. He did a full review this week, and he, like, bring brought up a lot about the production. And, yes, I'd say production is AEW's biggest – I'm not going to call it a weakness. Let's call it an area of opportunity. Camera cuts, commercial timing, being able to hear the music and everything. Like, definitely – definitely one of their biggest opportunity areas and he did a great job pointing out a lot of things about that but um i agree it's like an nxt you hear that song i don't remember the words but you know it's like in your face
3: and we here. will never be equal and
0: he's coming up on that thing it's like holy shit um i don't know i just i wanted a little bit more out of it i think but it was still fine um, the match wasn't really much. Um, you know, they kind of took a moment to soak in the crowd, and Black got the leg kick in. Cody got an elbow. Black went for the knee immediately and the knee bar, got a nice eye gouge in, you know, some more kicks. A Did table that... spot? I was, good. I was getting there. He hit that sweep kick into the half crab, and, yeah, Cody is on top, and Alistair does, like, a jump kick. And... Malachi. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bad at that. Malachi does like a jump kick, and Cody gives you just one of the worst table spots you're ever going to see.
3: Oh yeah, hit his head hard.
0: Well, just like the jump, you know, like there was no fluidity in that. Like it was, uh, like he had to pause and like jump through. And you know, come on, Cody, you can do it better than that. But um, and then he crawled back in the ring, got fucking kicked in the head, and. Fucking boot on the chest, and that was it. Um, you know, reminiscent of when Mr. Brody Lee squashed Cody. I was hoping for a little more because of how much they hyped this match, but clearly it's heading to something else, whether that be at All Out or at Full Gear, because I know Cody's got, I think, Go Big Show season two to film, uh, maybe among other things, and he is a dad now. Um, I did thank God, Alistair. <laughs> Thank God Malachi Black came back out because as much, you know, Cody's all well and good, and he has cut a lot of great promos here. But enough's enough. Like this was kind of the same shit he's been saying. It's a revolution. We are competition. Like, quit talking about WWE. Like, I I don't I'm not a fan of them. I like NXT, but it's like you just keep perpetuating this and like. It's just like, as Bo would say, a toxic shit fight now. Like you have Vince saying they're not competition. Maybe I can give them some more talent. Stop playing into it, Cody. Um, you know, it doesn't bother me that much, but I just they talk about WWE way too much on their program without saying it. Um, and yeah, he wanted to get he got into wrestling when he was 15 in a ref and wanted to win back his daddy's title that he lost at MSG and I don't know. Um, I thought this was maybe going to be Cody's start of a Cody heel turn, which is what the world needs, but I, don't I know thought it was
3: a Cody retirement.
0: Well, that's – once he got into it, that's definitely what he was setting up. I think before he started talking, I'm like, could this be the start of a heel turn? But, yeah, he was certainly teasing a little retirement. It's like the guy's 36. He's not fucking retiring yet. Um so, I don't know. I think all that could have been done better. But again, love that Black came back out, crunched him with the crutch. And, you know, that rematch is going to, this was clearly all an angle to be setting up this bigger match, whatever it happens. But your
3: take. I did not like Cody talking because it ended like with like seven minutes left in Dynamite. Yeah, so a
0: lot of time.
3: I was just like, what the hell is this? They're making Cody talk, and he might have a concussion or something.
0: Yeah, and Shivani's like, oh, let me get in the ring and do an interview. Cody, how are you? Ooh, how are you, buddy? Come on.
3: I really wasn't a fan of this. I was not a fan of – I think it was the right decision for Malachi to win, obviously. Yes. Um. I, I was not. I think either. it takes out a little bit that he beat him so quickly uh, because it's very reminiscent of the Brody Lee.
0: I would have rather seen a however, 12 minute match. However. I would have rather seen
3: a 12 second match. I would have <laughs> rather seen a, a Black mass. taking the crowd, going over a tie up. He hits yeah. a Black Mask. Yeah. Over.
0: Yeah. I'd rather. But if we're going like a full match versus what we got, I would have rather seen a 12 minute match with him winning. But again, I get what they're doing, but just enough of the Cody chest puffing promos already. I think like, again, it's just all this stuff that he's already set. I guess there was kind of the nod. Uh, didn't he mention something about the EVPs and them not always getting along or something, but that they're tethered. I don't know. Regardless. This he black saved it by coming out, but I don't know. Uh, I, I would love to see Cody turn heel at some point. I know he's, like, been on record saying, I'll never turn heel. There are no heels and faces here, whatever. Bullshit. Okay, um, Triple H. Yeah. So, that's what I thought was going to happen. Because it's like, you mentioned Punk being a heel earlier. People are not going to boo him. People are not going to boo Malachi Black. Just not yet, at least. So, right. I don't know. I was just hoping Cody would kind of turn into that a little bit and almost start turning against the fans. But again, he's like reached that John Cena status here and he's obviously booking himself where it's just like, I don't think he's going to ever turn heel, so to Even speak. Even though he's
3: so good at a heel, as a heel.
0: I know. That's like, and he's just done enough on, in AEW as a babyface that it's stale. The, la- the whole feud with the go-go and the factory was fucking stale.
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, For like, sure.
0: So, like, I thought when he gets with Aleister Bla- Malachi Black, I can't stop doing that, that, like, I mean, yes, I think this is going to spice his character up, I and mean, he might be gone for a little bit, but I don't know. I want to see a different side of Cody, for sure.
3: So show.
0: And that's our Dynamite. Uh, that was a long, long recap. And now, it is time for If You Recall. And we are going to a very emotional match. And as I said earlier, my number four match of all time. Just a classic, uh, as dramatic as it gets, especially with the fallout, which we will discuss. And that is Kazuchika Okada versus Katsuyori Shibata at New Japan's Sakura Genesis, April 9th, 2017, for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship which Okada, or Shibata earned that shot by defeating Bad Luck Fale in the finals of the New Japan Cup. And I believe I said it in the intro earlier, this ultimately was uh, Shibata's last match. Yes, I did, Mm -hmm. as he suffered a subdural hematoma from a big headbutt that he gave in the match and was just very dehydrated and, you know, just everything, you know, it's just, it's not, you know, it was just a fucking legit ass headbutt, you know, Mm -hmm. there's no there's nothing fake about that, but yeah. you know, obviously not the safest move. And, you know, it still kind of pains me when I see people do it like that today. I've seen, there's a guy in Masa Kitamiya and pro wrestling Noah that does not And it just like, still gives me the heebie jeebies. Mm-hmm. And actually Azar and I had watched a match from the 2016 G1 where Shibata did like the exact same thing to Nakajima from Noah. And it's just like, Oh man, this had already kind of happened before, like the blood and everything. So anyway it's a sad you know it is it's tragic i mean shibata was kind of at the peak of his career and getting this title shot and you know it's just a shame that it had to end this way but i mean could, the match is a fucking masterpiece so talk about going out on top i mean uh, had, had you ever seen shibata at all i mean obviously you're familiar with him but had you seen a, a match i before?
3: think i had seen a couple g1 matches okay with him um And I had asked if he won a never-weight or an open or – He did
0: win the never-open-weight title probably a couple times. He won the Rev Pro title as well, like probably not, you know, six, eight months before this match. Like he was Rev Pro champ like end of 16, maybe even into early 17. Okay. So, yeah, he was definitely involved. I think he'd been a tag champ, but – Yeah, he won
3: with a Hiroki Goto.
0: Yeah, yeah and they were they were like high school buddies as well Ooh. so they when Shibata came back to new japan it's like 2011 12 something like that like goto and he feuded a lot and then ended up getting into tag team like but yeah they've been lifelong friends but <clears throat> yeah i mean like i would said shibata kind of had to earn the respect back of his peers the fans everyone and i don't know too much of the story but he did leave the company for a several years on not great terms, I think. So, you know, this was kind of the culmination of his journey. Like, you heard the crowd for him. Like, they were hot as fuck. They wanted this guy to win so bad. Um, He'd never won the IWGP heavyweight title, as I said when we were watching it. So, you know, this, obviously he didn't win the match and wasn't supposed to win the match anyway, but you got to believe that the title was coming his way and he likely would have been a G1 favorite you know, later that year, which Naito ended up winning against right. Kenny Omega in, I think, a match I have at five or six of all time, you know, like, in these couple years, just the match quality was just fucking crazy that we talked about the 2018 G1 final with Abushi and um, uh, Tanahashi. That's also right there. Yes. It's... Um. But anyway, we digress. So, um, kind of like how I like to do these with Bo is just right off the bat, just kind of what were your impressions of the match? Like, what what'd you think? I mean, it's a pretty special one.
3: Uh yeah. So strong style doesn't really describe how hard these people, <laughs> these two athletes, hitting yeah.
0: each other. Athletes, athletes. As My we bad. had Dan Dan Callis on commentary.
3: Yeah, with Kevin Kelly. Yeah. Um, maybe one of the greatest comment uh, commentary duos of all oh. time.
0: I agree, they're uh, wonderful. We could
3: definitely digress of, on, yeah. on that. but <laughs> Let's I talk like
0: about to, the match. Yeah, yeah
3: I appreciated um, I, I appreciated uh, Shibata's MMA background, and you could see that in the early stages of the match, him pulling yep. guard, him get, getting a mount, and Okada immediately covering up because he knew this guy hits hard and I'm in a very compromised position. Mm-hmm. Um, And I liked
0: your analysis, you know, as we were watching it, because you do watch a lot of MMA and I have before, but yeah, that was definitely cool as well.
3: Yeah. It's a different, yeah. If you (laughs) watch MMA, you can see a little things. And I think that's why people who transition from MMA to wrestling have an easy, have a, not even that they're good. They just have great psychology because they're Mm -hmm. just like, if I put something more, like deep, they know what bit.
0: it's like to be real you know what right. it's like and right I'll t- like i fucking love matt riddle like that guy right. rules Rat riddle
3: you know. kurt angle ronda
0: tom uh, waller is a new japan strong right now he was in mm-hmm. ufc for a while
3: uh brock obviously
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. although he was when you know went back and came back right. but
3: but i would but say yeah. that even i would say uh even though
0: but,
4: yeah we're and gonna then digress. there's
0: We're well, gonna... then there's well, there's a lot of guys in Japan like that as well, like Shibata Minoru Suzuki. You know these right. kind of more shoot style. And, well, when you know, Lesnar
3: was in New Japan, he was also training for uh, MMA. Yeah,
4: yeah. Uh,
3: he did an MMA fight. His MMA debut was in Japan, so
4: mm-hmm.
3: I could totally digress about that. You I'm going to get digress. back to the match. Yeah,
0: bring it back.
3: So, um, Shibata has a lot of forearm offense. Mm. uh you you eventually talked about like oh he hasn't done this a lot but his kicks but he does a lot of forearms to the head mm-hmm. uh and they are loud
0: oh yeah and okada yeah. took a lot of and them.
3: these aren't like adam cole for uh no. forehead forearm <laughs> smashes to the head like this is these are like they are legitimately Hitting each other.
0: These are not what you see or hear in American wrestling. Let's right. just put it that way.
4: Mm-hmm. And Okada's
0: just taking them and taking right. them all fucking match and the kicks. So what I meant about the kicks is he usually does kick a lot, but he mm-hmm. didn't in the match till right. we got later on. Mm-hmm. In that it was a 38 minute epic.
3: Um, I definitely recommend this match. This matches. Yeah. De- this is matches are really good, and we're not doing it justice talking yeah. about like Dan Callis and stuff. No, but. but- There's Uh, a
0: reason it's number four all time for me, and and, and the best non-Kenny Okada match ever, because they're just fucking magic. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm glad you liked it as much as I thought you would. It's like, it's impossible not to if you enjoy wrestling.
3: There is a portion of the match that I didn't like as much. I understood why it happened, but it kind of dragged a little bit, and that was that submission, that spider submission. that After uh, the
0: headbutt?
3: Yeah, that Shibata had. uh, Well,
0: and that might just you know, part of that yeah. could have been caught on the fly, like "Hey, right. I'm fucked up here. Let's." Right. But yeah, you're. Right. It did go like two minutes, probably. Mm-hmm.
3: It went for a, a bit before they were on the ground because he yep. uh, he had Okada in a submit in like the submission yeah. while Okada was standing, and, and then, then he, he brought him to, him to the, the ground. ground, and then he dragged all the way to the ropes. Right, but that took a, that was a sequence that kind of uh, didn't fit the match. But uh, I completely understand why yeah. they did this because Shibata was probably like, I need to know where I am right now and yeah. this is a hold where I can. Because nothing, because when you're do- in a submission like that when you have somebody's arms, they obviously can't attack your head. Yeah. Like, all Okada really could have done was headbutt, which I think would have been worse.
0: Yeah. Well, so let's just talk about the headbutt. So mm-hmm. um, just before that, it was kind of the real insane sequence they'd had where I just wrote like Germans kicks, no cells and madness, you know, it was that Mm -hmm. very fat, like they pick them up, German suplex, get up, kick, get up, German suplex, get up, you know, in rapid. I would like to
3: talk about that palm strike to the back of Okada's head. Oh yeah. That was wild because that fired Okada up and then he got so cocky. He said he went down. There was a lot of like, uh, test of strength but it yeah. wasn't like uh i punch you you punch me it was like uh i'm gonna get on the ground hit me as hard as you can right yeah. now do it do yep. it pussy do it which shibata
0: in, did that in the early going you know he mm-hmm. was shibata was in full control early on with the holds and everything and really frustrating okada mm-hmm. and yeah like he was dominating in first five minutes and then okada just lays down on the er, earth shibata just lays down on the ground and he's like come on come at me Yeah. Um, But we've now digressed again. Headbutt. No, I was just going to say it was following that crazy sequence. Mm -hmm. And then Okada ends up hitting or getting him spinning, hitting him with the Rainmaker and Shibata just takes it and is still on his feet. And Okada even goes to the ground and he's just like ah, psyching up and he grabs Okada's head and just as hard as he fucking can just absolutely headbutts butts and square you rewound it to hear the sound like just yeah. a sickening thud is yeah. the only way like it's i've said this before like it sounds like you're using a wooden baseball bat to just hit a big fucking tree and like it just i can't imagine what that sounded like being right there i know kevin kelly had talked like just how sickening it actually was and just like holy shit uh but then again kind of it's not cool but kind of cool just how it worked out that like he does it and he slowly picks up his head you can see his bells rung and he kind of you know brings his eyes up and then the blood just starts to trickle yeah it's like one spot of blood it's like almost poetic how it happened you know like it's just wow like i'm getting chills about it's just such an insane just moment you know like it's Aside from the injury, obviously, like it's mm-hmm. perfect within the scope of the match in terms right. of creating drama, not knowing. You asked, like, the, you know, like, does Oka- did Okada know? I'm sure he knew he was fucked up, but I don't think anyone knew how bad. Cause right. like, like I said, I'm sure Shibata communicated somehow, like, hey, I'm, you know, yeah, maybe he communicated to
3: right? Red Shoes who communicated. Yeah.
0: However, like, and I think that's what led to that long submission hold. Like, mm-hmm. he just kind of needed to get it together. Cause he wrestled for seven more minutes and Mm. he kicked the shit out of Okada down the stretch. Like there was a moment he, yeah, he held his arm and kicked him 10 plus times straight. So it's like the fact that this guy's got no one home upstairs and he's still got enough adrenaline muscle memory. You said to just be laying in these massive kicks Mm -hmm. and you know, it ends up, then he gets like a suplex. He suplexes Okada too on his head And then he ties him up in the Rainmaker and fucking slaps Okada in the face. And I think Dan Kallis is like, that's just an absolute sign of disrespect or something like that. Yeah. And Um, then hmm. real quick, just want to get to the end and then we'll go back to analysis because we're right there. And then um, Shibata starts to run the ropes and Okada catches him, turns him, hits him with like one of the half Rainmakers, maintains that risk control. kicks kicks Shibata in the head multiple times, hammers him with the proper Rainmaker. Like, oh, and I forgot to mention on that half Rainmaker, though, that's when Shibata kind of collapsed. And you kind of saw it zoomed in on his face. And, like, he's done. You know, like, he did everything he could. And, like, he definitely went a little limp on that half one. Gets hammered. That's the match. And I'm out of breath. And it's insane. But, yeah, just go on
3: um so i think this just speaks to the to like the psyche of a wrestler of like i have to continue i think that's really uh definitely like an old school mentality and Mm -hmm. uh new japan is kind of like halfway in between like that old school and the new school of like hit as hard as you can but also like flippy stuff
0: yeah yeah. um
3: and um because obviously i don't condone this and i don't think that okada or shibata would condone keeping on with an injury this serious.
0: Yeah, that yeah, there's um, no like yeah. But there's right. also
3: no way to know what's going on in your brain just on site. Like this wasn't a visual injury yeah. for at all. Um he probably was just like uh-oh, another concussion, which you definitely and- shouldn't do.
0: And also think about you're 30 minutes into one of the greatest matches of all time in front of this incredibly hot crowd. You mm-hmm. know, what are you going to do? Just stop. If you bra- if you can keep, you know, you're just do, like you said, doing anything to keep going in that yeah. moment. Like I'm sure that crowd is carrying you. Cause like down the stretch, like, you know, this is the biggest match of his life too, mm-hmm. plain and simple. So like, let's take everything away. Shibata, the human being in that, that is the biggest moment of his life right there, you know, give or take Mm -hmm. in wrestling. So just think about it like that. It's like, he just did whatever the fuck his body let him do to get through it. And I think that last half rainmaker at the end, like, like we said, he gave out, he had nothing left.
3: Yeah. Which totally isn't cool because like this being my first like full exposure of him like, definitely, just like, damn, if only this guy could. Like, hopefully, it's more like a Daniel Bryan Edge situation. I think
0: it's somewhat possible. Like, there's obviously, people still talk about it. And as I said earlier, like, Kenta, Kenta had come in with Shibata when he came into New Japan. And then Kenta turned on Shibata when he joined the Bullet Club. So, like, he had been in some physical altercations and, like, running in the ring and he didn't really take any bumps, but like he was getting hit and whatnot. Like, so little, little stuff. So, this was after Wrestle Kingdom 14 in 2020. So, then people started talking, like, oh my God, is Shibata coming back? And it got to the point where people, kind of like the CM Punk Daniel Bryan situation, but not that kind of confirmed, were like convinced that he was coming back. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen. But he just got in the ring again with Tanahashi against Kenta like two, two weeks ago as well. Again, not, not really much contact at all, but he keeps kind of teasing it. So is it possible? Yeah. I'd say a 10% chance. Why? I mean, I think that's, you know, people probably would have gave Daniel Bryan that at the time or edge, but I, you know, I'd say his is a little smaller than that, but it's possible. But then again, you don't want him to get more injured. Like I you know there's a chance he could have potentially died. I don't know. Um, Like, I think he collapsed immediately backstage, rushed to the hospital. Like, I think he was all well, you know, he was fine, but obviously just a very scary situation. And similar to what you were saying, like, I was just getting into New Japan at this time and wasn't fully in at this point, heard about how crazy this match was. I'm like, oh, my God learned about what had happened to Shibata. I'm like, wow. And like in watching his matches, like really learned to love him. And he's just so unique and like just that energy and fire and passion and the strikes, like there's no one like him. And you're right. It's just, it's sad that like he was kind of robbed of whatever glory and greatness he could have gone on to have, even though he already had a great career, like he kind of went out on top, which is good and bad, but it's like what could have been.
3: Yeah, this match kind of has, like, a weird legacy.
0: Yes, exactly. And I think that's why I hold it in such high regard. It's just such an important match, too. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't want to cut you off there.
3: Uh, I just... <laughs> I think this match is kind of, like, haunting a little mm-hmm. bit, now that you know yes. what happened. It's kind of like Daniel Bryan's last match or, like, Edge's last match, or mm-hmm. it's just, like... It's just like were there little things because obviously maybe it's it totally came from this match but obviously like stuff built up because he'd been using the headbutt before absolutely he
4: yeah
3: uh from what i researched uh he started using it in, in the summer of 2016 more mm. often more frequently
0: that's when i saw it in that g1 it was mm-hmm. like a six-man tag yeah
3: and so i would i hope that uh other wrestlers who watch this match can like maybe learn like don't do that so deep into a match
0: yeah uh, that's why I, like Kitamiya and noah it kind of worries like again it's awesome to watch you love it but it's like oh it's just scary
3: yeah but if i were to rank this on the devoid scale out of four this is a <laughs> solid four out of four perfect oh, yeah. match perfect yeah. match. i'm not gonna we don't do any breaking I, I don't skills. break either. I don't break either. It's this a, is a five. This is a four out of four. This is a yeah. great match. I was I was blown away from what from Brett hyping this up. I'm yeah. still I, blown away. Yeah,
0: I couldn't have hyped it up any more, really. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I'll sometimes refer to matches as scale breakers just because I think that's funny and I like the term, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I don't actually say five and a half, six, whatever, but this is a definitive scale breaker for me. I mean, it's just, it's got everything. And yeah, if the only nitpicky thing is that two minute period after the headbutt where Clearly he's probably just trying to protect right. himself, but you're right. It did take away a little bit from the
3: match, but the, but it, the crowd was into it.
0: And, it, and the, it gets hot as hell right after again, right. too. So um, yeah, it's perfect. It is. There's the crowd is just from the jump, even before the match, the crowd is just on fire. And yeah. To anyone out there, especially if you don't really watch much new Japan, And even if you do and like Micah and you've never seen it, please watch this match and let us know what you think. I would love to hear, you know, your thoughts about it. Is it something like I've heard some people that like, you know, just can't return to it. Just knowing what happened. Like for me, I can still appreciate it for the, just, like I said, the piece of art that it is for 38 minutes. Like it's, it's just tough to beat that. Um, It's perfect. It's lovely. It's beautiful. And it's sad you know, it is a bit tragic. So, and that's what, and real quick, like that's what wrestling does it when it's at, at its best, it fires and hits you on so many different emotions, you know, comedy, drama, athleticism, like this just had the perfect package of everything. And it, it is a true tragedy. So, um, but check it out. It's been fun, man. I'm glad the, uh, we had our branches in the beginning. We, we ate our olives. We made our peace. We talked wrestling and we went on many, many
3: tangents and went way longer than Bo and I ever do. Yeah, maybe we uh, should release just the uncut version. <laughs> if anybody wants to listen to just two people ramble on at 11 o'clock at
0: night yeah and edit till 130 a.m I got a little yeah. drunk last night doing so but uh yeah it's been been a lot of fun uh, I appreciate you not being toxic and yeah uh, I,
3: see I can see I think that Derek is just a bad influence on everybody uh <laughs> I can't believe he influenced somebody he I mean he was born he was he's a 2000s baby like how are you that's
0: unbelievable yeah gosh
3: so if anybody wants to call me young, Derek was born in this millennium (laughs) um hey man I just appreciate you coming you let me come on I mean obviously it's cool with Bo so like maybe maybe I'm more cool with Bo
0: yeah Uh I hope hopefully you guys can kind of patch that you know again I think it's all mostly a joke but uh there's some toxicity. I mean, panels. he's a joke. I'll, I'll say oh,
3: that.
0: no mind. Okay. So do you want to plug some stuff here? I would
3: love to. Uh, okay. The opportunity. I am Micah of the Devoid brand. You can find us on Twitter at Devoid Podcast. That's capital D, capital P. Mm. And we're also on YouTube, specifically Devoid, and all stream platforms that you can find podcasts on, Apple uh, if you're hey whatever you're listening to the Brainbuster Boys on, I'm sure Devoid is on there somewhere.
0: Mm. Oh yeah.
3: Um, we don't just do wrestling. Uh, because we have very many different interests. We do a variety of things. We have a regular podcast uh, that rotates with a wrestling podcast. So one week you'll get pure wrestling, and next week you'll just get, you know, whatever we're thinking about in our in our daily lives. We also have a game show, Devoid Entertainment. Brett and Beaumont have been on that in a, on a little, you know. In a all one on one
0: battle of the Turner,
3: yeah, which and then, I
0: did win, and then I made it to the tournament of champions and got screwed.
3: Uh, no, no, you won by to, you, you and a,
0: Jacob and the coalition.
3: That was that's the Devoid summer invitational, which is still happening.
0: Oh, okay, so which is still happening.
3: The final <laughs> should be out this coming Saturday.
0: If you're which to I this. probably would have been in had I not got uh colluded against, but uh. Well, and I guess let's you, you want to mention what we just recorded last week, a little. Uh, well, I'll mention it, shit, because it was kind of my idea um, because I'd been on the game show before and had Matt and Graham been on it
3: before. Matt and Graham were on it before. Matt and Graham Chad and had and Diesel had never been on.
0: And Chad and Diesel from View from the Top Rope, I had just fired out a tweet in like a Sunday morning or something like triple threat match BBB versus good cop, bad cop versus View from the top rope on the game show. And you made it happen. And it was a ton of fun. And I've got some potential gripes about that one too, but uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of shady stuff going on with the devoid devoid entertainment game show. I'll I'm just going to say that right there. Love it. But that's uh,
3: true. I also, if you don't mind, I would love to plug my other venture called The ah, yes. of humor yes the theory of humor is uh is i refer to as the best thing that i do mostly because it is i could Derek.
0: i would recommend it as well it's Uh, a good program
3: the theory of humor is where we dissect jokes uh so you don't have to so you can just know why they're funny Mm -hmm. um i do it with my with my best friend not micah Mm -hmm. he's great Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had Bretton Boland as our first guest mm. host, so this is like a little bit of a trade-off. Yeah, I didn't
0: even think about that. How about that? And, and when when is that one set to air? That
3: one is set to air next week. It's set to air on the 17th of August.
0: Okay, and what about the game show?
3: The game show is set for after the summer invitational is, is over so sometime in mid to late september
0: okay excellent and as we mentioned last week and we never plug ourselves you can find us on twitter at brainbuster boys and with the visionaries global media network and uh on all major podcasting platforms as well so uh, yeah we never plug our shit so uh, i figured i might as well
3: yeah plug away i don't care
0: plug plug plug, plug, plug. that's really all i got um yeah. So again, thank you. Uh, this was a ton of fun, and uh, we will see you soon. But we'll be back next week. Right. Bye-bye.
3: Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye. All right. I think he's gone. All right. These little Kentucky bitches. Mm-mm. I can tell something's up. So I'm just gonna just gonna drop something in here. Uh, <laughs> okay. They're never going to find it. And if they do, the world's over.
4: So...